sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. Lights out and away we go with another long-awaited, fantastic edition of TM5 Track Talk. Yes, yeah, the semi-annual, I like that, the semi-annual TM5's Track Talk. I am Bryce Sparling here with my co-driver, Mr. Matt Ridgway. Matt, it's been a while since we talked, man. What's been going on? And I know the NASCAR season is wrapped up. How have you been finishing out your first ever season on the road for NASCAR? uh struggling to the finish line but <clears throat> no uh i'm i'm glad it's over i had the time of my life uh just taking the last couple days to reflect and and get to really soak it all in mentally uh kind of digest it if you will um really gave me a i think a bigger appreciation than i otherwise would have had uh kind of a mixed bag of results Obviously, there were some good things. There were some bad things. Um, I think the the resonating thing is we didn't accomplish our goals of winning a race. So um, more motivation for 2024, I guess. You know, uh, we, we you know we'll, we'll, everybody that's listening to this podcast already knows who won the championship. Um, Ryan Blaney in the uh, in the NASCAR Cup Series, um, Cole Custer in the Xfinity, and Ben Rhodes in, in the Craftsman Truck Series. All three Fords. Fords swept all three classifications of NASCAR's, you know, top priority racing. Um, what's the sentiment around the garage with just the Ford? Does do, do people care? Like, is it a celebration? Is like, how does everybody accept um, Ford sweeping NASCAR's championships this year? Uh, I mean, if you're a Ford guy, you're happy, but at the same time. I, I can only give you my perspective because I've only worked two days at the shop this week. I haven't really paid attention to the media. I've kind of shut everything off to, like I said, inwardly focused and digest. Um, <clears throat> I am a blue oval guy by trade, like not just by trade, but by choice. I have always favored the Ford since I was a kid. I was about to say, I Ford. feel like you've always owned Fords. Ever since I've known you, I feel like you've always owned a Ford. Yep, uh, I, I have been a Ford, with the exception of being a Dale Jr. fan, uh, I always rooted for the Fords. It just kind of was one of those things. I developed, I chose to follow Dale Jr. before I even knew what manufacturer he drove for. Uh, my loyalty can't be bought. Once I've decided, I've decided. So, <laughs> um, always favoring the Fords and being a Ford guy, uh, I can't express how proud I am to wear the blue oval on my chest every Sunday at the track uh, and and how fortunate I am that that that's the way it shook out uh, for me. But at the same time, I don't want to reflect on three championships and say it was a good season for Ford because it wasn't. Um, It it wasn't. It, It was not an acceptable standard for the Ford manufacturer as a whole Um, and we got to get better and I hope that winning three championships which is great doesn't cloud the waters of the things that need to change Um, 
and, and it's not all Ford. Obviously, uh, Fords were good enough to win several races and a championship. Uh, so it isn't all Ford. Uh, but Ford is introducing the new car next year. We had that unveiled since our last episode. The, uh, the 2024 Dark Horse. Uh, kind of a different aero package. Some different manufacturer supports coming. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. But I hope... As proud as I am of Ford and as happy as I am for Ford is as ambitious as I am and I'll never be sad. You know, we talk about Ford winning the championships and you reflecting back on just overall success for the Ford brand and let's get a little bit more uh, micro about this. You know, a Stuart Haas racing car won the Xfinity Series championship in Cole Custer. You know, how's the celebration been back at the shop for that? I've seen a couple pictures, but, you know, I I just kind of wonder how, like, non-Cole Custer, you know, teammates are. Like, people that work for the Cup Series cars at Stuart Haas Racing. Like, are they taking part of the celebration? How does that work? Um, so, it's kind of... I will tell you this. I'll tell you a story first. Um, Saturday night, we were going out... Uh, we had a team event, team bonding event at Top Golf. Um, it was the road crew and the pit crew for the 41 team. So we're going out. We're meeting at the hotel lobby, and downstairs in the hotel lobby, the Xfinity race is on at the bar, and it's probably 40 to 50 guys all hanging out, all SHR affiliated. Obviously, all cup guys because the Xfinity guys were at the track during the race. Um, but it came down to that last restart. And when Cole took the lead, there was a massive applause and ovation in this. I mean, it was it was a really cool moment to be a part of. Because here, here all of us are. We don't get anything if Cole wins. We don't. We profit nothing. But everybody takes pride or it shows the amount of pride that everyone takes in our company uh, and how hard we support everybody, uh, whether it benefits us or not. You had four guys, 10 guys, 41 guys, and some 14 guys all in that lobby cheering for a car that none of us benefit from, um, but, but represents is representing our company competing for a championship. So that was a cool moment to be a part of. Um, aside from that, there was a beer toast uh, with the uh, with the Xfinity Championship trophy over in the Xfinity shop. Uh, I had already left work, so I did not attend, but I would have had I been there. Uh, a bunch of, it was, all the cup shop went over there and, and took a moment to, to celebrate that. So um, it, it's cool for Stuart Haas Racing. Um, it's a it's a much needed positive I mean there's a lot of uncertainty and not confusion but um, I, I will just stick with the word uncertainty there's a lot there's a lot of uncertainty around the future and the present at SHR um, so it's cool to have something anything just to kind of focus on as a positive and you know, talking about that uncertainty in the future, are y'all for sure locked into Ford next year? Is that is that already a done deal? Yes, okay. we are for sure Ford through next season. Okay, I believe the the um, 
I believe the contract is up after next season. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, and, and going back to the Xfinity race, sorry, I was reading something. The owner of that back, back to the Xfinity race, man, Cole was the strongest car the entire day, led like half the laps there. Uh, I know Allgaier and Sam Mayer were like just creeping around like a shark, like two, like two sharks just, you know, surrounding the chum. And man, I, I don't know if this is the sentiment around NASCAR. I don't know what everybody else thinks about this. But I absolutely love that Phoenix is the championship track. I love the racing. I, I, th- I think I might be in the minority there, but I love the I love the type of racing that Phoenix provides. I love that there's 375 different grooves on a, on a restart that you can go through. Um, you know, the high line works in, in, in some turns. The low line works in other turns. It doesn't work for one car. It works for another car. You see progressions of cars. You, you're forced to make some green flag pit stops. Um I love it, man. I love Phoenix. I think Phoenix is a is a phenomenal racetrack, and I think it's unique. And I think that's why it's a good championship track. Is it's it's unique, and it lends itself to you know maybe some unique circumstances and some different circumstances that you wouldn't get at a cookie cutter mile and a half racetrack like you know I don't know like Kansas or something or Charlotte. I don't know. You know it's it. You know I I, I would. I could see an argument of trying to bring it back to the East Coast for a championship because that's where the sport was invented is, is the Southeast. Um, so, you know, I think that point and, and the way Atlanta is progressing, um, I, I wouldn't mind that, but it's too big. You know, I think it's, um, I don't know. I just like Phoenix, man. I think it, I think it's good racing. I think it's, I think it's entertaining racing at Phoenix. Well, you said it right from the top that you think you're in the minority and I can uh, assure you that that is indeed the case uh, uh, a lot of people don't like Phoenix I don't really care I don't think it's the most exciting racing I think it's the most exciting restarts in NASCAR uh, but I don't think it's the most exciting racing um, I am of the personal opinion that it should come back to the east coast and I'm think it should go back to homestead um i I think the majority of the industry feels that way and i wouldn't be surprised to see it change in 2025 again 2024 locked in um where they've already announced the schedule but i with the tv ratings i don't know i guess if if you haven't seen the tv ratings were down nine percent from the year before hey at least you're Uh, not the world series Huh? I said at least the, the, the at least y'all's TV ratings aren't as bad as the World Series TV ratings were this year. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. But still, uh, that's something that NASCAR is going to have to pay attention to because they've been steadily declining every year. And I think part of that is Phoenix, and I think part of that is the gimmick of the playoff structure uh, is kind of just getting old. The the Game Seven moment, and we've ranted and raved about that. Um extendedly on this podcast but yeah. i think uh i think the tv numbers speak for themselves and something is going to have to change here pretty soon whether that be phoenix the championship finale quote unquote game seven uh or both we'll see yeah i don't i i, I wouldn't like to see it at homestead um i'm not a massive homestead fan uh I don't know, man. I, I don't know where on the East Coast I, I'd like to see it. Maybe Charlotte. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they would they w- would work that. Um, 
I think that would be a good location for it. I like Charlotte. It's a it's a good racetrack. Um, you know, Rockingham, Darlington. I don't know any of the older ones. I, one of the ones is probably not going to be uh, somebody's first choice, and it's not on the East Coast really. But I, I like Pocono. I love I love that racetrack. I think it's once again. I think it's unique. I think it's different. Um, they'll never have it, and I don't want, ever want them to have it at a super speedway, uh, just because there's way too much crazy stuff that happens at a super speedway, and you get a lot of winners that are just lucky on the day, and and you know the way the playoffs are now. You can't have that. You can't. You can't have someone luck into a championship, really. Um, you know, I'd like to see. I'd like to see them everybody piss off and, and do a road course. I think that'd be hilarious to piss off ninety eight percent of the the fan base for NASCAR. But um, I, I like Phoenix. I like Phoenix. I, I can hear an argument for Charlotte. And like you said, bringing it back to the East Coast. I'm not opposed to that, but I, I, I Homestead wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. I guess it's debatable. Um, and everybody has their opinion. You're never going to make everybody happy, no matter what you decide. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, I would not hate uh, less than. I, I wouldn't mind being done with the West Coast after playoff Vegas, and just, and that's kind of the last trip out there. I mean, after Sonoma, I think the only time we go out west is playoff Vegas and playoff Phoenix. So. I wouldn't mind seeing the less West Coast trips. Uh, I'll tell you, those are pretty rough on everybody. I mean, just with the time difference. And then you have daylight savings happening on the East Coast. Oh, and Arizona yeah. not observe daylight savings. So on Saturday, I'm three hours behind America. We call it America. Uh, <laughs> the Eastern <laughs> Standard Time is America in, uh, in every time zone that isn't. Uh, so I was three hours behind America on Saturday and two hours behind America on Sunday. And it just messes you all up. Like yeah. I, I didn't know, you know, and it makes communication with your family hard because Jess is, it's 11 o'clock and Jess is putting everybody to bed and, and getting in bed. And I'm still at the racetrack. It's only 8 PM in Phoenix. So it's just, it kind of, it makes things tough, but I don't mean to make it sound like me, 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 inconvenience for me. No, well, if it's I'm, a pain in the ass, it's a pain in the ass. Like, it's just, just your experience, you know? Like, um, and I'm with you, man. If you look if, if you look at the schedule, I don't see why there's any. So I'm just looking at the schedule next year, and I'm just looking at the playoff rounds. So round of 16, I think, is, I think it's fine. Atlanta Motor Speedway, Watkins Glen, and Bristol. I think that is a great mixture of three different, very, very different tracks. Um, that are going to add for some, some beautiful racing. And w- once again, Bristol next year, unfortunately, both will be on uh, on pavement. Uh, I was a big fan. I, l- I loved the dirt track racing. I think it should stay in, in NASCAR, um, uh, but but I think we need to be at a dirt track racetrack. If they if you look at the round of round of twelve, if they swapped Talladega and Charlotte for Las Vegas and Phoenix. Then you would be done with the West Coast by the by the round of eight. The round of eight would be you know you could do Talladega and Homestead. Um, November would be Martinsville, and then the playoff the playoff finale would be Charlotte. Now, right now that's the Charlotte Roval, but they're getting I, get rid of that. Get rid of the Charlotte Roval and just do another Charlotte Oval yeah. Oval race. Coming back next year, probably there's. There's a lot of noise in the industry that the role, and especially now, I don't think 
I think they kept the Roval. This is my theory, and I'm slightly off on a tangent here. But just as a side note, since you brought it up, I think the reason that we have Charlotte Roval again next year is because they didn't want to get rid of the Brickyard Roval and the Charlotte Roval in the same year. And that would, to the public display, that would look like failure. And ultimately, while it is, uh, because both were just gimmicks and unnecessary, although I will say Charlotte Roval, I, I, while not necessary or may have been necessary and isn't anymore, wasn't a complete failure. Uh, I mean, it was it was entertaining uh, while it lasted. Well, y'all are in the entertainment business, so that you know that that makes sense. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, I think they couldn't change both, get rid of both infield road course layouts in NASCAR in the same year. And with next year being the 30th anniversary of the Brickyard 400, it takes priority. Uh, you have to get back to the Oval for that. That should have never been. I mean, that. I think maybe Charlotte changes quietly the following year. And you can, you know, I'm, I'm looking. I'm just looking right now. I don't remember off the top of my head how is the racing in Nashville. Uh, it's pretty good. Nashville's a concrete track, so and it's in the it's hot and slick in the afternoons, and it, once it rubbers up, it puts on pretty good racing. I mean, that's smack dab in the middle of the heartland of NASCAR. Yeah. It, is, it would be pretty easy to get to uh, if yeah. you were a fan. Yeah, I mean, Alabama, Tennessee. I will say, Phoenix was not – Phoenix was absolutely slam-packed. Like, I I don't know if people travel. I don't know if there's that many NASCAR fans on the West Coast. Phoenix was sold out, and the infield was absolutely slam-full. I have no idea uh, how they got that many people. Uh, it was – other than the Daytona 500, I don't know that I've seen that many people this year. And the mountains were slam packed. Like when they when they had the helicopter view and they they zoom out, there were people camping in the mountains just with coolers and chairs and stuff. Like yep. it was, yeah, it was packed. It was a, it was slam packed. And um, uh, you know, we talked about the Xfinity a little bit. Ryan Blaney wins the uh, wins the NASCAR Cup Series. Um, uh, he was the guy I was pulling for. I've sort of been pulling for him all year, and every time I've picked him, he's always lost. So I'm kind of glad we haven't had a podcast in a while because he's he's turned it on as of late. Um, and you know, at one point, I, I texted you during the race that they told they told Blaney to uh, go get Ross Chastain, and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? He's in second place. Everybody that he's supposed to beat is behind him. Doesn't matter if you win or not. Stay in second place. And I texted you. I said. You know, Blaney's crew is an idiot. They just lost the race for him, et cetera, et cetera, just complaining. And then Blaney ends up winning the race. And that I was like, well, that's why I'm here drinking beer, watching the uh, the race and not at the race, actually giving them advice. Uh, but it was, dude, it was interesting. At, at one point, Blaney in the middle of the race said his car was undrivable and he was slipping and sliding and loose everywhere, man. I thought his championship shots were gone um but uh, you know all credit to his team is is is, uh, crew chiefs and everything it it just baffles me that you can make that big of changes on a car just by tire pressure like that's that's just mind-blowing man that's essentially the only thing can change um this car is incredibly sensitive to tire pressure changes and that's why not to brag on myself or make myself sound important, but um, when Ryan is complaining about the, the car, 
the first thing Chad does is give me air pressure changes. Um, so me being uh, quick and efficient and calm and precise are all incredibly important to our car's performance um, or improvement. Maybe not performance, but the, whether the car gets better or worse uh, are usually based on Chad's air pressure changes. I mean, that's that's what you do with this car. So that it's no surprise that obviously Ryan Blaney's team operates the same way. You have to. So... <clears throat> That was just I, I don't know. Every time they every time they make big adjustments like that, it's like, yeah, just take, you know, a pound out of here, half a pound out of there, and it's a completely new car. Like it's just it's baffling, man. It's it, it, it blows my mind. But yeah, Ryan Blaney is uh is NASCAR champion for the first time ever. Ross Chastain wins the race and smashes a uh smashes a pumpkin. Um I love the uh I love the soundbite of of uh Blaney asking or being uh, Blaney being asked if he hit Chastain on purpose and he said hell yeah I did. He blocked me yeah. 10 times in the track. Of course I hit him on purpose. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. So I you know heading towards the off season, what what do y'all do? What do y'all do in the off season for for NASCAR now? Do y'all train? What's up? Uh so I went to work on Tuesday and Wednesday. And we tore down basically toolboxes, uh, all of our data carts, basically cleaned out the truck. I broke down my tire bottle carts, that my nitrogen carts, um, all basically to go get repowder coated, rewrapped. There's some sponsor stuff uh, going on this off season. So some of that had to get taken care of. Um, but yeah, it... Uh, there was a lot going on in the uh, in the off season, and it starts with basically tearing everything apart this week. And is is Ryan is Ryan back? Has he signed a contract for next year yet? Yeah, Ryan's okay. back. All of our sponsors are back, and we may we're in the mix for some new sponsors um, that obviously I can't say right now. But how much are we talking about? Like you're looking for new sponsors, like you know, fifteen twenty bucks. That- uh, I mean, you could certainly pitch that <laughs> you think I can get a sticker on the car <laughs> just a little just a little small sticker <laughs> um, and who's moving who's moving into the four again uh, Josh Barry Josh Barry Josh Barry so what and who's do we know and who's taking Eric's spot uh I know, but it hasn't been announced yet. So gotcha. I okay. So. I didn't think it. I didn't think it'd been announced yet. Um, the rumor is Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to come back and race for y'all. Uh, that's the. That's you know. <laughs> that's something. Uh, yeah. So it's um, and who's y'all's who's y'all's third driver? It's going to be Josh Berry, Priest. Who's the other guy that races for SHR? Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe, dude. I always forget about him. I always forget about Chase Briscoe. I don't know why. I forget about him every single time. Is he is he back? Does he have his contract renewed for next year? Yeah, he's back. He's I think he's got two more years on his contract. Okay, okay. And is um, dude, I, you know, I I'd be I I don't know what I'd do if I was Cole Custer, um, because I I, I think he's earned another shot at at the uh, at NASCAR, but you know the Cup Series, but I 
I don't know if I'd be happy just staying in the Xfinity series because that the SHR Xfinity car is a lot more competitive than the SHR Cup Series car right now. And yeah. you know, it's do do you want to do you want to win a championship and essentially NASCAR is minor league again, or do you want to try to go up and compete with the big boys with you know arguably an inferior car? I don't know how it's going to be next year, but you know, this year was, was a little you know step down, if you will. Yeah, uh, he's back in the car for next year the double zero obviously he wants to be in cup for sure um for i mean obvious reason for obvious reasons it's it's the cup series it's the show right um but at the same time you brought up a really good point that where what do you do um i think there's a potential that he could return to the cup series in 25 uh, after next season. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be with Stuart Haas or not. Uh, the potential may be there. We'll just have to see. Uh, but for next year, he's locked in that he is racing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series again. And could go uh, could go back to back. I mean, we got today, right now, we have 87 days until the clash at the Coliseum. I mean, the season ends and we turn right around and it's almost it's almost time to uh, go back to the clash. Um, what, so what, testing-wise, what are we doing on the offseason? Not hearing that number. <laughs> You're going to ignore that till, uh, till the very last second? You're damn right. <laughs> what are y'all doing testing in the offseason? Do y'all have any, any testing scheduled? There is a test in Phoenix in a couple weeks. Um... I'm not going. It's going to be they're sending Rodney and Josh Berry out there together because uh, that'll be their first chance to well first chance to work together in a Cup car. They're working together this weekend uh, at Hickory in a super late model. Uh, if you want to watch that, I think it's on Flow Racing. Um, Josh Berry is going to drive for Kevin Harvick. Obviously, he could not do that because he was under contractual obligations with JRM and Chevrolet. Um, now that those obligations have been fulfilled, he he can drive a Ford. Obviously, every all everything that Kevin Harvick fields right now uh, and KHI field is a Ford Mustang. Um, so Josh Berry will be in a quote unquote Mustang. They're just stickers, and it's a crate engine that you can buy anywhere. <laughs> but he'll be in a Mustang at Hickory this weekend. Uh, for a super late model race with Rodney crew chiefing it. So that'll be interesting. If you care, if you're, if your racing uh, bug hasn't been fulfilled and never will be, that's what you can do this weekend. You watch that. Yeah. You'd uh, get to watch that. Or uh, is, is F1 this weekend or is that next weekend for the, for the Vegas race? No idea. I, I think it's next, but I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm not going to see it because I'm not, we're going to be awake at 2 a.m. to watch it. Dude, what the hell are they doing? Like, if you want to capture the audience of America, don't start a race at 1 a.m., you know? if I understand when it's over in, like, Japan and stuff, and, and it starts 1 a.m. our time. Sure, that's fine. You're catering to the time you zone in which you're in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I, like... I, I don't know. That was, that was more... When I saw that, I was like, oh, great. I won't be watching that. Phenomenal. That's a horrible 
horrible decision from uh, from F1. So yeah, kind of jumping from from one sport to the next. That is next weekend. Um, that is uh, that's stupid. At one a.m. Sunday morning, one a.m. for uh, for uh, Vegas. What are you looking forward to most next year? Whether it's a track you're going to, anything Wedding. you're looking. <laughs> 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 I need to call that. Does that require any? Um, there's a couple things. Uh, I the Daytona 500, a chance to experience that again. Um, the All Star Race at North Wilkesboro, we missed the setup this year, and I don't. I like. I don't know if we could have been Kyle Larson good, but at a short track where we expected to be really good. Uh, we missed the setup, and by the time we fixed the car and made it drivable, it was too late. Uh, we couldn't get to the transfer spot um, and missed the show. So a, a chance to do that again. Um, a, every short track, I want to. I can't wait to see the improvement, even at mile and a half. So like we've got a full season's worth of notes. Uh, maybe most of the no- those notes are what not to do. But at the same time, that's something that we didn't have coming into this year. Uh, I think most of our team, if not all, are returning next season. So I'm excited about that. Just the the camaraderie and the familiarity with everything that we have going on. Um, we're, we're kind of a young and cocky bunch. Um, and maybe we have earned the right to be cocky, but we intend to so yeah i'm i'm basically just excited to do it again uh i'm excited for the two weeks off in the middle of the summer for the olympics <laughs> uh and let's see what else yeah that's it i'm excited to win how much of your is, is pretty much all your pit crew coming back that you worked with this year for uh for priest yeah so the pit crew is kind of their own deal uh we don't we don't pick our pit crew, uh, essentially. The pit department handles the pit crew assignments. So we don't, and I don't, you know, I don't know how they prioritize it or what their criteria is, but certainly, basically, it, the pit crew is the same as a football team or a, a baseball roster. Is there, there are lots of people competing for only select spots so it is basically an open competition at all times so it's you can't really place a finger on it i would i would expect our pit crew back um although their last stop of the season was a four tire stop and plus five positions and that is an insanely fast stop uh usually if you're doing plus five plus four or anything it's a two tire stop to do a four-tire stop and gain five positions is incredible. That's one of the craziest um, things I, that I noticed I, this year is, like, how fast pit stops have... Because when I started watching NASCAR in the 90s, like, I don't know. I feel like pit stops took, like, 20 seconds. Maybe they didn't. Yeah. Maybe I'm misremembering. But I feel like now, like, y'all are so with it. Like, y'all can do a four-tire stop in, like, 12 to 16 seconds. Like, it's it's crazy how fast y'all can do it now. This year, the pit crew for Chase Briscoe set the fastest four-tire stop in NASCAR history at like 
eight something seconds. <laughs> it was, it was under nine. I mean, the first number started with eight. So, and there's a lot of decimals, but how? The first number, eight. That's nuts. Uh, yeah, I, I, the just the like the idea of that is preposterous. That's but that's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, that's a uh, that's super quick. Um, Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. All right. I was trying to live up tickets. Uh, oh, they already got tickets for uh, for Atlanta. Sweet. Yeah, I got to got to go ahead and lock those in. At Kansas, the number fourteen pit crew had the fastest pit stop in NASCAR history, eight point four five seconds. Eight point four five. That's that's mind blowing. I mean, that's that's a, a third of the time I feel like it used to take pit crews to like. I feel like in the nineties, like it was easily like twenty. You know, twenty plus second four tire pit stops. Like that's just that's blazing, dude. Twenty twenty three, the number fourteen pit crew had the fastest pit stop in NASCAR history. That's blazing. That's crazy. That's that's insane. That's awesome, man. On our uh, on our uh, wrap up show, you got any final uh, final thoughts, man? Uh. No, I'm I'm just ready for the off season. I'm glad to be home. I'm glad I don't have to. It's what Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that I don't have to worry about what time I'm flying tomorrow <laughs> uh, or packing. Um, man, I'm ready for a break. Like I, I am excited for next year. I am. I enjoyed every second of this year. I tried to make the most of it, and I think I did that. Uh, but I am ready for some some weeks off. I do not want to ever hear a countdown for how many days we have left like once we get past my birthday in january then my mindset will start on the build-up um but until then i don't want to hear nothing about no days till anything yeah i understand i i do i completely understand and yeah, enjoy the off season enjoy the uh Enjoy the few months you get at home, and then uh, back on the road next year. But uh, enjoy it, and uh, we might have we might have a, a track talk episode in the off season, possibly. I don't know. Yeah, we we'll probably do one after Christmas, pre New Year's. I yeah. mean, uh, by that time, silly season will all be worked out. Um, we'll have a better idea. Um, so we'll see. For Matt Ridgway, I am Bryce Sparling. We will see you all at some point in the future here on TM5's Track Talk.